0: Hey, do click follow button for MSME Talk on the platform where you are listening to get notification for the next episode release.
1: And this particular is your GST returns. So some of the banks have already started coming up with new products, wherein they would be able to offer you working capital loans based on the GST returns that you are filing.
0: This is episode number six of MSME Talk with Charu Datta Pandey on Working Capital for MSMEs Part 2. Welcome back to MSME Talk Podcast. MSME Talk Podcast is for micro, small, medium enterprises, startups, and entrepreneurs, in which we discuss with industry experts and experienced entrepreneurs on specific value addition guidance and solve queries to help build long lasting businesses. Sharu Dutta is an engineer with 22 years of experience in business transformation. He works closely with the MSME entrepreneurs, helping them transform their businesses. He conducts sessions across various platforms to help Indian entrepreneurs systematically optimize the need and cost of working capital. He is founder of Suhurud Consultants and co-founder of Sumix.export. He is also an author of two books, Surviving 2020 and Making Working Capital Work for You. This episode covers part 2 of working capital. We have covered the topic working capital in two parts in separate episodes. In part 1, we have discussed about what is working capital, why it is important and critical to manage working capital efficiently for any business, what is working capital trap and how to avoid it, process and method of calculating working capital even without the professional expert. How to reduce the working capital requirement and increase the turnover and profit of the business by managing it efficiently. In part 2, we have discussed when an entrepreneur has reached the level of operations which needs additional sources of working capital, how to go about it. What are the sources of working capital? Basic documentation required for raising working capital. Process of raising working capital. How to ensure discipline is followed to get best terms from lenders and lot more information. It is advised to listeners to listen both the episodes. And now let me welcome Charu Thadrapande for this episode on Working Capital for MSME Part 2. Welcome back Charu on MSME Talk for continuing the discussion on Working Capital.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure uh, joining you to discuss the Working Capital today.
0: So Charu, in our previous episode on Working Capital, you told a lot to us about Working Capital, why it is important, why it is Critical, what risk entrepreneurs and businesses face if working capital is not managed efficiently, how managing it well can bring the growth, profitability, stability to the business, how working capital is calculated what frequency and guidance on how to manage it well and a lot of other things. So now, Charu, in our uh, another episode on working capital, my first question is related to entrepreneur's dilemma. A very common question in front of entrepreneurs where, you know, they have to make a choice between the business growth of business profitability or to balance between both. We see in some of the cases, uh, they end up, you know, focusing on the growth and uh, they miss on the profitability. Here, how does working capital play the role? We would like to understand from
1: you. Uh, we are living in very different uh, times today, right? Uh, we have right now, I have got an IPO, which is valued at 60,000 crore, and the company is actually making a loss of 3,000 crores. Right? So the times are very different uh, compared to uh, what uh, the conventional wisdom says. Uh, I'm an old school guy and I very strongly believe that uh, the profitability and growth both uh, have to go hand in hand. They don't exist without each other. Because if you are growing too fast without the profitability, which would mean that you would have a very high top line without any uh, substantial bottom line. And if this bottom line is not correct, then it becomes very difficult to sustain that top line. So my uh, individual uh, statement always or the philosophy always has been to balance between the both. I strongly believe that any enterprise, if it is creating a substantial value for its client, then it would be able to achieve the growth with a reasonable profit. I can understand that if there is a niche product which is there and over a period of time that particular product uh, uh, is uh, developed by multiple people or if the technology becomes common, then it is perfectly uh, fine for the uh, prices to go down over a period of time. But then the company has to come up with a new set of products that will bring in the, uh, the margins again. Take a classic example of Apple. right? They, they introduce a product, they, the prices go down over, over a period of time, they bring in something new, they bring in that wow factor again, which basically helps them get the uh, margins again. So the company always balances between the products that are going to give them a mass market, with a less margin whereas and there are going to be premium products which would keep on coming and keep on getting the company the margins that they are looking for. So the opportunity or the agreed the proposed approach for all the uh, startups, entrepreneurs would be to always balance between the growth and the uh, profitability and the working capital would uh, play a very significant role because this reduction in profitability during the growth phase will come from this excess working capital deployment. Now, Let me share a classic uh, theory when it comes to manufacturing. The moment you start uh, increasing your turnover by about 20%, 25% year on year, then your inventory does not increase by 25%. The inventory increases by 35% or it increases by 40% because the planning team always believes that probably I may get a bit more orders. So if there is a shortfall, then the management will tell you, why did you not order? So let me build up some margin. So everybody builds up their own margin in the planning part. So the sales guy, if he is expecting order for 20, he will tell the planning guy to plan for 25. The planning guy expecting that 25 will take 30 orders, he will plan for 35. And the actual the order will come for 25. So the inventory increases by 35, whereas the uh, the orders come for 25. So these are the uh, places wherein if you are not controlling it correctly, if the working capital is not controlled in these particular phases correctly, that's when the profitability starts eroding. So you may uh, want to grow with the uh, client profit, but the erosion can happen because of these kind of decisions. Similarly, securing the money from unsecured uh, uh, resources or committing excess uh, payment terms to the client, not following up with the client for getting the payments because you are going to get the next order. It doesn't mean that you can go and talk to the client and ask him for the payment for previous orders. A lot of times, particularly in SMEs, just because the client is giving them a lot of business, they are hesitant about asking the money. So the realization does not happen and the company is compelled to get additional working capital which comes at additional cost that erodes the margin and while we get the top line, there is no bottom line. So working capital management during the growth phase is the key to ensure that you realize the profits that you have planned or SMEs actually should be focused on creating more Zerodas uh, uh, compared to creating more Byjus.
0: So, when an entrepreneur wants to increase sources of working capital, they should go to institutions like banks and six etc. to avail the working capital loan facility or equity from investors. Now, please help us in knowing the working capital and its relationship in respect of banks, lending institutions or equity investors. Equity is the
1: costless uh, form of capital because you are actually parting away with the ownership so the cost uh, which is there as a comp is not directly proportional to what you are paying today you need to look at it uh, from a long term perspective so as the company grows that uh, the equity also grows uh, substantially over a period of time and if you are confident about uh, growing your company exponentially then that cost of the equity is going to be very very high or the cost of working capital in the form of equity is going to be uh, substantially high So I would always recommend a company to reach out to uh, different uh, banks, work with them to get the required funding. However, there is a challenge here. The challenge is that an equity investor would be able to appreciate the value that you are creating in your business. He will be able to appreciate your growth curve and he would be in a position to help you with the uh, right amount of working capital or right amount of funds that you would need for your business to grow the banks typically tend to take a conventional view which is based on the assets uh, that you are owning, the uh, inventories that you would be holding and then they would try to have a securitized uh, assets or stocks for them to lend you the capital. So with this particular uh, approach the banks have, the amount of working capital that banks can offer is limited. And that's when there is a very important dilemma that all the promoters have to address is that if I'm short on the working capital here, and the banks are not going to be in a position to help me with that. Should I go to an investor? The answer in this case would be yes. Because if there is a potential and that potential can be realized only and only by having an investor on board, then you should definitely go for the uh, investor. The trick here would be to balance how much of the investment that you are taking can come in the form of debt and how much of that can go purely as a form of stake. So the maxi- if you are able to maximize the debt at that point in time, which would eventually mean that it's a working capital that you are going and you can repay or you can give the comfort to the investor that in case you fail to pay the debt that can be converted into the equity. So if you create that kind of a structure, then you can get best of both the options.
0: Okay, so as you said, banks is the cheapest source of loan, but it's need certain criteria to be fulfilled. If you have not reached that benchmark to raise debt from institutions based on track record and you end up raising equity. So try to raise part capitalist debt from the investors based on your serviceability capacity. This will help in reducing the capital dilution and also showing loan servicing history to approach the banks etc for raising loan at lesser cost at after a few months. Okay. So how do banks assess the working capital requirements?
1: The banks uh, typically would... Uh always like to ensure that the amount that they are lending to you is uh, secured. So the first approach for them is to ensure the security of their capital. So first thing that they look at is that what if you approach them for a working capital, is that what is the stock that you hold? What is your cash flow? And what are the other loans that uh, you need to honor? So if you have got term loans and you are paying EMIs, then they would look at it like this is the overall uh, term loan. These are the EMIs that's being paid. So if the cash flow is uh, for, uh, is about net cash flow, which is available is about 5 lakhs. Out of that, 3 lakhs is uh, uh, purely going into the EMIs. Uh, then you know that it's only about 2 lakhs, which is available. So the ability of the organization to service the interest component or or the working capital loan overall component on this amount would be restricted to what they can pay out of the 2 lakhs only. So that's, that's the first thing that would come. Secondly, they would look at as to what is the stock that you're holding. Now, this requirement of stock uh, makes it, uh, makes the manufacturing industries perfect candidate for getting working capital loan through this approach whereas that creates an equally bigger problem for the service industries who may not be holding that kind of assets there. So service industries or IT industry have a challenge in getting the working capital loan through this particular uh, approach. However, for the manufacturing, if they are holding a substantially good amount of stock uh, then they that can definitely be utilized. So stocks plus the availability of your working capital uh, is the way the banks would look at uh, you uh, for uh, from the perspective of lending some amount a classical example of uh, how the banks look at it is the standard uh, monthly statement that you need to give it to the bank so the standard the monthly stock statement that the banks ask for will start from what was your opening balance what is the amount that you received in the month what was the your opening balance for the closing balance for all the vendors what is the amount that you have uh, paid in this particular month so they know what is the cash flow that has happened what was the total production and what is the change in inventory so these are the parameters bank tend to monitor consistently over a period of time to see if they can offer you the incremental working capital as well. And w- once this particular amount finally comes out, the, the difference between all these sums together the net available cash flow. They discount it by a certain amount and that's the what the bank typically termed as the drawing power. And this drawing power is what is... Uh, offered to the uh, different companies as the working capital.
0: What are the documents an entrepreneur should maintain diligently and regularly in respect to working capital, which need to be provided to banks and institutions so that their process is not delayed and they're always as per the
1: expectations? Uh, banks uh, typically would uh, start with uh, your balance sheet, profit and loss statement, and the cash flow. So three documents you need to uh, maintain very, very, uh, they need to be submitted on time, they need to be proper, and they need to be, Comprehensive, reflecting the correct image of your business. These are the three base documents that they would need. Along with that, they will need the, the papers of all the assets that you hold. So if you, if the premises is your own, then the ownership document, the taxation related document, the electricity bills, property tax uh, documents, all the documents related to your assets is something that you would uh, need with you. Uh, the stock statements uh, for uh, previous months, how the, it has moved over a period of time. The stock statement just before uh, you made that uh, you are applying for a loan is uh, what you would need and you would need to have a clear list of what are the data and creditors uh, on the financial year end as well as uh, at the time when you are applying for the loan. Along with this, some other set of documents are uh, going to be very very important in the days to come and this particular is your GST returns. So some of the banks have already started coming up with new products wherein they would be able to offer you working capital loans based on the GST returns that you are filing. So if you are filing your GST returns consistently and you are seeing an increase in the returns because of the turnover uh, increase that you are predicting, then these banks will actually get a confirmation because it's available, the GST portal access is available. So if it is confirmed that you are getting that incremental business and you are paying uh, increasing GST, then these banks would be in a position to give you the incremental working capital to support your growth. So GST returns become a very important uh, factor for you cover and the last important thing is the insurance that's very important bank bank will ensure that your assets are insured
0: so in respect of these documents which you mentioned could you please tell the periodical maintenance and submission required for say balance sheet profit and loss cash flow statements stock statements etc
1: all these uh, documents uh, except the monthly stock statement need to be submitted only once in a year so it's only once in a year They only the stock statement is the statement that the bank would uh, need from you every month other documents you would need to submit at the time of uh, signing the contract. And then subsequently, when you uh, uh, get into the relationship with the bank, they need to be submitted annually as a, as a confirmation. And then there would be a normally a statutory audit or a general visit that would happen from the bank every year to ensure that your stocks are in order and your basic documents are in place.
0: So the entrepreneurs need to take the services of Chartered accountant if not having own qualified team, to prepare these documents. Okay, makes sense.
1: Ideally, yes, uh, because there are some limitations in terms of the overall financial understanding uh, when an individual starts a business. So it is advisable to work with them and work under expert guidance to prepare these documents.
0: What about the stock statement, which you mentioned needs more regular submission?
1: They can very comfortably, the accounting team, any accountant with about, uh, even with a year's experience can comfortably uh, manage the, the stock statement
0: does it need to be verified by the chartered accountant?
1: Uh, Every month submission need not be verified by the chartered accountant. That can be comfortable Uh, in case the promoter is comfortable managing it. If is not comfortable managing it, then uh, right now there are a lot of chartered accountants who give you the outsourced accounting as a facility. So wherein their own team would work with you, they will do your own accounting and they will maintain all the stocks and uh, meet all the statutory requirements. Plus they only uh, make those statements and submit to the banks. So you can actually go into that kind of a a returnership model wherein the complete responsibility lies with the CA so that it's always also documented and your risk or your involvement in the process is uh, minimized.
0: Next question is on behalf of micro and budding entrepreneurs whose initial need of working capital could be very less, maybe 5, 10, 15 lakh. So if someone goes to a bank or institution for a small loan still need to provide all these documents which you mentioned like stock statements, etc.?
1: It is perfectly possible. There are a lot of new age instruments. But before getting to those new age instruments, let me uh, share with you what the government itself is trying to do and what the banks are trying to do. Now, uh, there are a lot of uh, beautiful schemes like the Stand Up India scheme or the Startup scheme, wherein you can go to even the State Bank of India and get your loans approved in about 15 days. So, all uh, women uh, focused initiatives, the, uh, the Startup uh, India initiative, you can get loans up to uh, 5 lakhs, uh, 25 lakhs, and even up to 50 lakhs in certain sectors. Uh, based on the sector that you are applying for and they happen very fast. You just need the basic documentation to be submitted, a basic uh, project plan that you can go ahead and submit. So anybody with some effort can do it uh, with themselves or they can work with, uh, uh, there are some agencies who work on that, some uh, charter accountants or cost accountants who are focused in that uh, space. So they can also help you with these uh, reports and these loans are very easily available from different banks today. The other option which are coming in some very interesting concepts uh, which are there which are fascinated by technology are uh, things like peer-to-peer lending so there are multiple platforms wherein you can go apply for this particular loan uh, you need to give your credentials where, where you stand for you also need to give your basic uh, data like your the balance sheet your project and your credentials your uh other card data PAN card data and based on that uh, it is put up on the platform and then people can evaluate and if they feel they are right then they can do the peer-to-peer lending as well so newer technology options are available but the better way would be to go back to these uh, government schemes and incubators because they would uh, come with some moratorium and they also bring in a lot of uh, associated things like the new incubators that are coming in. So, if you qualify under certain schemes, then you, or you can become part of those incubators so that knowledge sharing also happens to those uh, platforms. So, you can use the Stand Up India Scheme, the Startup India Scheme, and also the Mudra Loans.
0: So, Charu, an entrepreneur or enterprise needs to focus on what all in respect of working capital to become an attractive customer for a bank at the lowest possible interest in these security.
1: They need to have uh, the balance sheet reflecting the correct profitability. If there is a substantial profitability in the business, there is a very good uh, cash flow in the business. The returns are all filed on time. They are absolutely compliant. And the returns show the increasing uh, revenue. That's the best way wherein the banks will be willing to work with you.
0: What about the credit scores of the entrepreneurs or rating of the business? How does
1: it impact? Uh, yes, uh, when you are talking about, if you're talking about a proprietorship company, then uh, the individual PAN becomes the, the company uh, company base as well. So in that particular case, uh, the civil rating would matter a lot. The individual track record, how they have been operating before, how their uh, personal accounts have operated uh, would be a very significant uh, criteria. Even in case of uh, partnership firms or LLPs, or even in case of private limited companies also, the banks do tend to have a background check on the, the promoters, the partners or directors to ensure that their individual credibility is uh, is worth the loan that they are offering.
0: In case of the small business companies, who does see credit risk?
1: Most of the cases, uh, it is advisable that the, the, the banks would do it uh, themselves because as a part of the due diligence process, they have got their own criteria which differed slightly amongst different banks. But mostly these criteria are generally the same. But the banks tend to do their own assessment and have their own agencies do the assessment. So it is uh, generally for the smaller enterprises, it is advisable to let the banks do that. However, in case if you feel that there is some challenge or there is some particular case which may create challenge for you, then it may be a good idea to uh, do that assessment uh, in advance, understand if there are any challenges and those challenges uh, can be addressed or those can be properly answered when you go for a, a bank due diligence. So it is also possible to do that. So depends on the situation ideally this call of doing a pre-check should be there in case you have any kind of doubts about certain transactions that have happened in that case doing that assessment doing the correction and then only applying for the bank would make more sense compared to directly applying for a bank
0: what about the credit evaluation is the process different from bank to bank in nbfc to nbfc let's take a quick break MSMEs and startups are looking for various kinds of support and upgrade. Are you a product, service provider, expert, advisor, consultant, mentor? For MSMEs and startups, do reach out to MSME Talk to list your business. Check the link in the description.
1: Everybody has the same focus in terms of securing the uh, returns on the investment or the loan that they are giving it to you. So everybody would uh, look at the securitization part. So these are mostly driven by the guidelines, the RBI guidelines. So basic scrutiny part would go all by the uh, RBI guidelines. So there is no change on that part. Everybody would follow almost the similar procedure to uh, come up to the the numbers that they are looking at. What changes is the uh, final part when they talk about the lending and how they look at the ability of an organization to repay. That's a point in time uh, the different banks have got different philosophies. Some of them believe a lot more into the, the individual willingness to look at it. They are far open to creating different ways of uh, means for them to create different securities and offer them the required credit. Some of the banks don't really tend to look at uh, taking those forward calls. That's the only difference. But in either cases, they would always ensure that the bank interest and the investor's interest is protected.
0: So Charu, you have recently written a book on working capital. Can you tell us
1: more about your book? Sure. So this book is the outcome of the exercise that we have been doing for the last 18 months. So when uh, COVID uh, hit all of us, and this unprecedented uh, event created a lot of challenges for our clients. So they were not sure as to how to respond to this uh, situation. So I uh, created a framework for companies to understand what is the impact of COVID on their business and how they can prepare themselves to address these challenges. And I conducted sessions with uh, more than 1,000 companies to help them understand uh, this impact and then create uh, their own action plan for addressing the challenges that are coming their way and i wrote my first book surviving 2020 then and then we had all these many conversations so during these conversations what i realized is that most of the companies had one common thing to say working capital is going to be a huge challenge because they are so much used to uh, having that a particular cash flow. And before lockdown, things were looking good. We are talking about a $5 trillion economy and people were all gearing up for that. So everything was looked at from a positive perspective and people were looking at making certain investments for growth. And then there was all of a sudden there was a, a blockage. And this blockage created a cash flow situation wherein there was no receivables uh, come into this particular MSEs, they had to honor their monthly commitment. So after some point in time, even honoring the monthly commitment uh, became a challenge for these companies and the working capital's uh, struggle started getting very serious. And then we started exploring different ways for companies to optimize and what are the ways for them to uh, see the situation and how they would be able to come out of the situation by optimizing working capital from where they are and that's when uh, we started uh, Again, conducting sessions for different companies helping them understand the framework and I designed the uh, ASCOR framework for helping them systematically assess the working capital need, identify the sources of working capital in their business, understand the real cost of finance, explore the opportunities for optimization and finally the restructuring for profitability. We created this framework, uh, conducted session for around 500 companies, helped them uh, create this framework. We worked with uh, 10 companies to... Uh, actually execute this framework and see the difference in uh, their business and after that then I decided to uh, document my learnings in the form of a book and that's what led to this particular book making working capital work for you.
0: Dear listeners, Charu has explained escort model in episode 5 on working capital part 1 which is very informational and I would recommend you you should listen that episode. So Charu now moving towards the last section of the episode. We would like to hear from you three topmost things to be treated as guiding principle by
1: entrepreneur. The guiding principles today is first, cash is the key. So first thing that you need to look at is that ensure that you are getting the cash in time. So collecting the money is the one that thing they look at it. The number two, the inventory that you are going to convert into finished good in the next three months is the reality. Beyond that, everything is a hope. And the third thing get the maximum working capital from the bank. Your own capital is going to cost you double that of bank, so get as much as possible from the bank.
0: We would also love to get some hacks from you for our listeners which can help them.
1: The first thing, get your money. Okay? If it is required for you to discount your bills by 1%, it is absolutely fine to offer that one particular 1% discount and get the money in your bank. Rather than letting that with the client. So, the first thing that you need to look at is that start looking at discounting your bills and get it uh, upfront. If it is not happening, talk to your client and talk to him regarding a formal bill discounting through his bank or your bank, but get the money upfront. That is one. Number two that you need to do is to register yourself on the Receivable Exchange of India. Okay, this is a Government of India promoted uh, platform wherein you can go and upload uh, your invoice. Once your invoice is uploaded on the platform, your client can go and accept uh, this invoice and the moment it is accepted by your client it will be put up for auction whoever need whoever has that money will uh, offer you the credit you will get the money upfront and your client will uh, ultimately pay the uh, party who is discounting your bills so getting yourself uh, on the receivable exchange of india is something that you have to do the third thing that you need to do is to ensure that all your gst returns are filed on time Believe me, we are going to have a a substantial GST linked incentives coming our way. So you need to have your GST thing done very correctly and done as early as possible. So that's a third thing that you need to work on. The fourth thing that I would ask you to work on is again repeating, get the bank limits. That is the cheapest form of capital. And that is something that you have to do as early as possible and as much as possible. And the final thing that I will tell you is to Look at structuring your transactions. So agreeing on a price point with the client is just the beginning. The real deal happens after that. Okay. So uh, in uh, Marathi, uh, there is a proverb called Yuddha Jinkliani which means that you have actually won a war, but you lost the war when you were actually signing the treaty, the peace treaty. Okay. So what you need to do that just by getting that particular agreement or the price point agreed or getting the confirmation from the client is not sufficient what you need to do is that you need to work on structuring that particular transaction with the client you need to tell him that this is the payment term that i'm agreeing with uh, my vendor i have done the due diligence this is what i need to pay so you need to pay me this amount upfront for me to uh, work for you so limit your exposure to the minimum to the working capital that you have got if the client is asking you to buy too much of material, let, them, let him pay directly to the vendor. You may lose 4 or 5% that you would have got in the material, but that would ensure that you're not losing the contract. So structure your transaction, let the client buy the material, give it to you. You focus on what is your core competence, that is the conversion. So structure your transactions at each point in time to ensure that you are able to get those big orders, get those big contracts.
0: Dear listeners, just to remind, discussion on working capital is done in two parts. You can listen part one in episode five. Wonderful. You have given very apt and impactful tips to Alice. Thank you so much for coming on the show, not once, but twice to guide us in so much details about the working capital. I'm sure some of our budding entrepreneurs would get benefits out of it.
1: Thank you so much, Supti, for this opportunity. I look forward to uh, talking to uh, you and uh, meeting your uh, listeners again. Thank you.
0: Please do subscribe to the MSME Talk podcast to get updates on new episode releases. You can join the MSME Talk Telegram channel or send message on WhatsApp number 8097665085 to get updates from MSME Talk. Through this episode, I hope you would have got some answers to your queries and guidance for way forward. Do share your learnings from the episode, your feedbacks and suggestions. If you are an entrepreneur and have questions from experts or any particular topic or profile of expert you want to hear, or if you are an industry expert with MSME as a target audience, do reach out to us. Our link is given in the description. And at last, please do subscribe for MSME Talk podcast and don't forget to share the podcast link with your friends, family and network. Take care. Goodbye. Happy to share MSME Talk podcast and the speak ranking chart Of 10th country in the Apple Podcast Country Level Entrepreneurship category. If you are an expert or provide product or services to small businesses, MSMEs, and startups, reach out to us to discuss Showcase Opportunity in MSME Talk. Contact details given in description.